the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. We are your hosts, Sayla and Eileen. And today's guest, we have Owen Barrett. Over the past decade, Owen has implemented $35 million of energy projects, including solar PV, fuel cells, LED lighting, and HVAC improvements. His projects save 29.9 gigawatts hours annually. Owen's first company hit eight figures in revenue in 18 months. He is also a certified energy manager, CEM, through the Association of Energy Engineers. Today, Owen is the president of ZNE Capital, where he and his team focus on providing investors the opportunity to invest in impacted real estate investments. We're so grateful to have you on the show today, Owen. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. So can you please share a little bit more about your background and just how you got started in real estate? Yeah. So I have a background in finance, worked in finance for a couple of years. I really liked using numbers to tell stories and persuade people to do things, but I didn't like the finance industry. So I went to grad school for environmental science. That launched me into this career as an energy manager. So I worked for a Fortune 100 company, and it was my job to help them save money by saving energy. Over three years, I think I deployed close to $40 million of clean tech projects, and you know anything from everything you just mentioned, but anything that can save money and save energy. I love that, but I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. So I quit that job to start my own company called Lumio, which was kind of a niche energy company. We worked with a lot of schools all over California, helped them do solar lighting upgrades. Like you said, you know, had crazy success, hit eight figures in revenue really quickly. I read Rich Dad Poor Dad in college. All of a sudden I found myself with a lot more money than I've had before. So I started investigating real estate, I'll call it. I knew I didn't want to be a landlord. So I landed on a syndication model and did my first couple passive investments with a group in the Midwest. Really loved it. But the kind of the most interesting piece of the story is as I was evaluating the pro formas for different opportunities to invest in, I couldn't help but notice that every single sponsor I looked at didn't touch the utilities line item. So you know, I've been trained the last 10 years to do exactly that, to eliminate it or reduce it as much as possible. And whether you, you know, increase rents a dollar or decrease electricity a dollar, it's got the same net in, uh, effect on the property. So I just started kind of modeling large solar projects into some of the deals that I was looking at from an investment standpoint. And in every single instance, it made the deal better. It increased the overall IRR two to five points. So I started trying to work with existing sponsors. That didn't really go very well. There, Everybody has their systems in place. Nobody wants to introduce anything new. So at that point, about two years ago, I started to kind of build a team around me and figure out the markets to go after. And now we're, we're acquiring properties ourselves that are really well suited for solar. And we get this crazy NOI pop, either to refinance or a sale because of all the energy savings that we're doing. Wow. So how do you identify these properties that you're looking at? Is it just any ones that you come across that you can implement these strategies on them? Yeah. So it's it's kind of a ratio of total expenses or electricity expenses to total expenses. So the higher that ratio is, the more I know that I can have an impact on NOI through these strategies that I've learned over the years. So it's, it's diving more into the expenses than it is the revenue side. To me, the revenue side is easy. Renovating units is easier 
than figuring out how to update lights or install solar. So it's it's a combination of both. We still do the revenue side, but it's it's a strong focus on the expense side. So Owens, also your company is focusing on the impact investment. So can you let our listener know how do you define what an impact investment is? Yeah, so I would say an impact investment is any kind of investment that delivers financial returns and then some kind of secondary return, whether that's environmental, societal, those are seem to be the two kind of most important. And yeah, to us, I mean, it, it's really exciting to me. I've been a huge fan of Tom's shoes. Have you guys heard of Tom's? Like the, the buy one, give one for free model. Yes. Um, Patagonia. I mean, there's so many companies out there that are doing business well by doing good. It's really compelling to me to step into a space like real estate where for the most part, people are only interested in money. And I think every time you buy a new property, you're basically starting a new business and you have so much opportunity to just tweak a little, you know, things here and there to have either a a better societal impact, whether it's on-site daycare or tutors on-site for kids or go the solar route and try and have a huge environmental impact if you can. So to me, it's really exciting because it's just, it's really needed in the industry. There's not enough people looking at it. And I think if we can show other groups that it makes sense financially, then hopefully it'll get more traction. So Owens, uh, once you identify a, a property at the market that you wanted to purchase, and how do you justify implementing the solar systems or any, any energy to save the expense? And how do you justify that? And how many years do you project it yourself and to break even to get that expense back? Yeah, so it's a great question. We, I like to say that solar does not make a bad real estate project good but it does make a good deal better. So we, first and foremost, we underwrite our deals to be good real estate investments. You know, there's certain IRR hurdles, cash and cash return metrics that we have to hit. If we can get a pro forma to hit those numbers without solar, then I know it's only going to get better with solar. So then we start underwriting solar into the deal right from due diligence period. So that's different than a lot of other groups. A lot of growth groups look kind of post acquisition. And for us, it's not really a, I don't want to say it's a return on investment or like a, a payback period that we're looking for, because most of our properties we're using bridge lending into agency debt. So, you know, if we can combine rent increases and renovated units with offsetting a majority of the electricity through solar, in between months 12 and 24, we can refinance and get, I'd say, 75% to 100% of our capital back. So it's kind of an instantaneous payback from the solar in that regard. And then it just helps cash flow on the back end post-refi. And then how long does it usually take to implement the solar systems? I'd say one to three months, sometimes four months. It kind of depends on the permitting process and what COVID is doing to a building department. (laughs) You know, like in San Diego, where I live is a good example. The the building department got shut down more or less when COVID first hit. So it was taking three to four months just to get a permit, which, which kind of pushed out the overall installation to closer to six months. But now... COVID seems to actually have had a good effect on building departments where a lot of the permitting has moved online. So now in a lot of jurisdictions, we can permit our solar projects entirely online and it's actually goes faster than it used to. So then with the solar implementation, is it on the owners to cover the cost of the solars or solar energy costs or is it pushed to the tenants? 
Yeah, it's usually owner paid utilities. There's certain types of properties, maybe they're master metered, maybe they have a chiller boiler, maybe they have a lot of amenities where there's something that's causing the property to have a higher than than usual electricity expense. And those are exactly the type of properties that we go after. So for your company, what type of markets are you looking at right now and focusing on? We started in Tulsa. I love Tulsa. We're in Phoenix. We're trying to get into Tucson. We like DFW, but it's, you know, there's it's not the best solar market in DFW. And then there's a couple of Florida markets, Orlando and Tampa, that are really good from a real estate and solar perspective. So from your experience by converting to a solar electric system, do you see any increase of net operating incomes and increase the values of the property compared in any of those states? And if there are any incentives from the state actually helping out with the implementation? Yeah, oh, yeah. Every time we use solar, I mean, we're, you know, our projects, I'd say we're ranging on increasing NOI from $30,000 to $130,000. So, you know, you apply a five cap to that and that's millions of dollars in value just created. And the solar costs far less than that. And you're getting a bank to finance it at like 4%. So the economics on it are out of control. From the like rebate perspective, there's not a lot of that. There are pretty good tax benefits associated with solar. There's a 26% federal tax credit. So if it costs a million dollars, you get a $260,000 federal tax credit. So it's a dollar for dollar credit, which can be really powerful if you have investors with high federal tax liabilities. And then And it's also eligible for bonus depreciation. So if you're going to do a cost segregation study, you can tie solar into it really easily and give, you know, pass those passive losses back to investors. So when we're when we're going to the bank and looking to get lending from the bank and having the solar being included as part of the business plan, do they see, typically favor the solar business plan more than without the solar plan? The answer is it depends. If you're speaking about agency debt, Over seven million, yes, they love it. But and agency debt under seven million, so in that small balance loan range, they like it. They don't love it. Bridge lenders totally depends. We had a couple really hard conversations in Oklahoma where nobody does solar. I mean, it's just not in California. Everybody knows what solar is. You know, there's a there's a large number of buildings and homes with solar on it. Banks get it. Tulsa is a totally different market. So it took us a little while to get lending or a lender that understood it. But in Phoenix, it's pretty it's pretty well understood. So it kind of depends on the size of the loan and the market that we're in. Awesome. And how many units or apartments have you converted to a solar system so far? Yeah, so we're pretty new to the acquisition side of things. Actually, we co-GP some deals with Chris and Colin. I think they're on your show. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so those guys have a ton of experience and they, they help us kind of check those boxes. We're under contract right now on our first two. So a 64 unit and a 45 unit. Awesome. So your company... Companies actually help, does your company actually helping other operators to convert that solar to the solar system as well? We're actually co-GPing with those guys. So it's it's kind of a combined effort. We need some help convincing lenders that we have the experience to take on a loan. And Chris and Colin, or, or Chris specifically, is pretty interested in the solar piece. So it's win-win all around. Everybody gets exposed to different things, new markets, new technologies. So it's been a really good relationship so far. And so other than, is there any downsides? Have you seen um, any downsides to converting over to solar energy? No, I'm a believer. I mean, I love it. I think, you know, a lot of people get rubbed the wrong way because they get bad proposals from bad contractors. So I've had a lot of conversations where people will say, I like solar, but I don't want to spend a million dollars on it. And the best way to describe it, I mean, is 
if you go out to a contractor for any kind of contractor for any kind of job, you're going to get a huge range of price and quality. Um, and solar is the same thing. And unfortunately, some people are trying to make too much money in the industry on single deals. So people kind of have a sour taste in their mouth about that. But from a from an implementation standpoint and a cost benefit standpoint, I mean, in Tulsa, electricity is so cheap. It's eight cents a kilowatt hour. Whereas in California, it's 28 cents a kilowatt hour. It's still cost effective in Tulsa. So you can imagine what it does in markets like Phoenix and California and Florida where electricity is more expensive. So I've only seen one deal and that was a self-storage deal in Kansas where I told the owner, don't do it. This is not a good idea. But other than that, it makes financial sense in every instance I've looked at. And I've evaluated probably 600 solar deals and it always makes sense. For that sol- or for that self-storage in Oklahoma, what was the reason behind um, why it didn't make sense? Yeah, it was Kansas. Oh man, electricity in Kansas is really cheap and they just, they didn't use that much electricity. It was, it wasn't climate controlled. So they, there was like a little bit of lighting load in the hallways and, and things like that. But so just, it wasn't really worth the owner's time it is what I, it's still from a cash on cash perspective or, you know, however you're evaluating it, NOI, things like that. It made sense, but it was just so, such a small amount of dollars that it wasn't worth his time to look at it. That makes sense. That makes sense. And Owens, I just want to ask, do you have any tips or tricks and when uh, choosing the contractors uh, you mentioned earlier to install the solar system, is there any checklist or due diligence to making sure that we pick the right one? Yeah, so uh, it's a hard question. Call me. <laughs> I'll, give you, <laughs> I'll give you good advice on if you're getting a good deal. Solar is usually priced out on a per watt basis. So your average house is going to change around the country, but it's about 3,000 watts. So 3,000 kil- or three kilowatts, 3,000 watts. So a, a competitive installation cost on a house might be $2.75 a watt. So you take two cents. $2.75 and you multiply it by 3000 For commercial though, where you're you know, doing 100, 200, 300 kilowatt size systems, there's all kinds of economies of scale. So I'd say if you're paying above $2.25 per watt, I would look for another contractor. That can change if your job is really complicated. If you're installing solar on the roof as opposed to like covered parking, covered parking is going to be more expensive. There's certain things you want to look for, but yeah, just references always get a couple bids and if one person is way out of line either way too high or way too low that's probably a red flag that they're not not the great a great contractor and then call call references you know if it wasn't a referred contractor i'd call references of the contractor got it so have you experienced the time where the contractor is unable to install the solar systems on the roof which require you to replace the roof first and that would add additional cost to, to your installation. Yeah, for our deal in Phoenix, we're probably going to have to do that. What's interesting, though, is, you know, if you need a new roof anyway, you like you have to pay whatever, 50, 100 grand for a new roof. I'm not a CPA, so seek out a CPA for what I'm about to say. But what's interesting is that if you need a new roof to install solar, you can bundle the cost of the two together, the cost of the roof plus the cost of solar. And now that gross cost is eligible for the 26% federal tax credit. So it can actually be advantageous if you have to get a new roof to evaluate solar because the economics of both will be better. That makes sense. And during your underwriting process for the apartment, do you 
look at the uh, implementation for the solar for the utility, do you have any other recommendations to make the apartment green? Is, is there any other things that you look at where you can actually save additional expenses? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, low flow, low flush technologies, it seems like a lot of people are doing that. Those make crazy uh, impacts on your NOI and the payback is really fast on that. I think really simple lighting upgrades for site lighting, just moving every, everything to LED. So site lighting like on the exterior, you know, hallway lights, that has really fast paybacks as well. Other than that, I mean, depending on what your HVAC system is, if it's like a centralized chiller boiler system, there's some things that you can do. It's a little, costs a little bit more and the payback's a little bit longer, but you can see some pretty significant savings there as well. So it's kind of situation by situation, but lighting and low flow, low flush technologies should be in everybody's deal. So how about on, I want to kind of switch a little bit over from an investor standpoint, if an investor is not so savvy on um, what solar means. How does that conversation go? How do you educate them to let them know the business plan and how solar is going to be impacting the investment? Yeah, I'm a full-blown Excel nerd. I love Excel so much. Um, so honestly, if there's questions of that granularity, we'll just have a Zoom call and walk through the pro form and I can show, you know, here's it without solar, here's it with solar they'll see the exact impact it's having on NOI and where it's coming from. I love those conversations. Not a lot of people like looking at Excel, but I mean, it's it's really important if you're going to be an investor into a deal that you understand the pro forma and what assumptions are being made and how is the sponsor coming to the conclusion that it's going to be a 20% IRR or whatever the number is. So when you mentioned that you're looking to Originally, you're looking to invest in apartments indications passively, and now you're becoming more and more active. What was the uh, drive to become more active on that part? Honestly, I felt like I had to. I felt in good conscience that I could not be aware of a not only a huge problem, but also a huge opportunity and try to fix it. You can ask my wife. She will attest that I don't have the capability to hear a problem and not go into like problem solving mode, which is not always good, but that's just how my brain works. So I was seeing performa after performa with these huge electricity costs. I mean, you know, $25,000, $100,000, $200,000 a year. And there was no plan to address it. None. And that to me is just, I, I don't, I mean, I don't want to say it's laziness, it's complacency. There's just this massive opportunity to get investors more money and have this monumental positive impact on the environment. So I could not sit back and just continue investing passively because I'd rather I'd rather change the industry from within or at least try to you know who knows what's going to happen and then have those conversations with the other operators and educate them to show yeah. them to see the opportunity cost and 100% yeah that makes a lot of sense so owen what's next for you <laughs> oh man i don't know we are so i love I love syndicating. I love talking to friends and family and people I get in, you know introduced to about what we're up to and this alternative investment strategy. So I went to school for finance and not in a single class in four years did anybody talk about real estate, which I think I think that's a problem, number one. I think people need to learn that, yeah, you need money in the stock market, but you also need these other investments. And so I love having those conversations with people and talking to them about our 
opportunities. But for for me, what what I'm shooting for for our company is we would love to show you know a couple large impact investors or family offices what we can do. Not only can we make double digit annual returns, we can also make existing buildings zero net energy, which is what our name is, meaning they produce as much energy as they consume and really start taking down massive deals. And it's going to take some time and we're going to have to hire <laughs> more experienced people on the real estate side. But to me, that's, you know, I'd like to be there in, I don't know, a year, maybe having these conversations where we're doing 200 unit deals, not 60 unit deals, but it's going to take some time. And, and you know, I'm semi-patient, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so Owen, how has real estate investing impacted your life so far? Oh man, it's changed my perspective in so many ways. So I kind of skipped over this at the beginning, but you know, the, my first inclination towards real estate was the Burr strategy, which is like hugely popular on bigger pockets. And for good reason. I mean, it's if you have a fixed amount of capital, it's a great way to grow your portfolio. I never knew that I, I was so in the dark about what's possible refinancing commercial properties and essentially doing Burrs on bigger deals that when I learned of this model, I just... I couldn't believe that not everybody knew about it. Like I was shocked that people didn't know about real estate syndication. They didn't know about the power of refinancing properties. And so I think a lot of times when you when you live in this space and you talk to everybody else in this space, it feels like everybody knows about syndication and real estate and refinancing. But it's kind of a false, it's a falsehood. Like we are the minority. And so to me, it's changed my whole perspective on like financial freedom, the best ways to invest, you know, how to diversify from the stock market. It's all I ever talk about and everybody I hang out with gets sick, sick of it. <laughs> but it's like, it's such a huge passion of mine that I just think everyone needs to at least look at it and make a decision for themselves It's if it's a good fit for them. Yeah, that makes sense. So what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? Oh man, I wish I knew everything sooner. I wish I knew to start buying houses right out of college. I mean, I wish I never rented and always house hacked. I think if, if, yeah, I mean, if I could have started going on this trajectory when I was, you know, 24, not 34, I don't even know what my life would look like right now. But I, I, I think from a strictly financial perspective, it would probably be better. I'm sitting in a pretty good place right now, but it just has that compacting or compounding effect. So yeah, I would, the one thing I wish I learned or knew is start earlier, start as early as you can. Don't rent house hack. Like if you can figure out a way, do that. Cause that from an early age, that will have a huge impact on your personal financial picture. Thank you so much for sharing that, Owen. So what is one thing that set the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? Getting okay with hearing no. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times a day I hear no. And it used to really, it used to hurt me. It hurt my feelings and kind of, you know, it was a blow to my ego, but it's just, it's just part of the business. Then a lot of times the no's are not no's, but it's not right now or not this deal or you know, it's not a hard no, but it's just a, it's a soft no. And so I think if you as a person cannot take that kind of blow to your ego about people turning down your idea and telling you no and saying they're not interested, it's not the right industry for you. But if you're okay with it, 
because it doesn't mean you have a bad idea. It just means it's not right for that one person. So if you're okay with that, I think the sky's the limit for really anyone. You know, a lot of people say it, but I think real estate makes the most millionaires out of any industry. So if you have the tenacity and you're okay hearing a lot of no's, I think it's possible for anybody. Oh, really quick, how, how do you pick yourself up after you hear those no's to continue to move forward? <laughs> I think about all the times that people say yes. I, if for, I, I've done the calculation a while ago because when I was starting my first company, I had no idea what I was doing. And I was looking for angel investors. You know, I was looking for, I had quit my job. I had cashed out my 401k. I was broke. I was like a month away from having to move back to the East Coast and live with my parents. And I've done the calculation where if someone had given me $25,000, they would have like 20X their money from an investment standpoint. And I think about that all the time because you do hear a lot of no's, but occasionally you hear a yes. And that yes sort of positively reinforces you that you're onto something. And so I think if you can kind of dampen the blows of the no's and and somehow listen more to the yeses, it kind of helps balance it out, even though on a on like a per count basis, you're going to hear a lot of no's more than you will yes. <laughs> oh, that's really great advice. Thank you, Owen. Yeah. So what tools or techniques have you used to improve the efficiency of your business or your personal life? <laughs> this is, a, I'll say this is a work in progress for us. My first business was all me. I didn't really have a team. I subcontracted a lot of stuff out, but I didn't have any anyone internally. So we're we're working on it. We're, you know, we're trying to optimize uh, Google Meet and all, all the options that Google has. You know, we're getting really sophisticated on Zoom. Calendly <laughs> is a big addition to our team that I think will help tremendously. But honestly, we could use some help in this department. I know a lot of people in this space say hire a um, like a personal assistant, and and I think that might be coming down the the pipe for me, but I'm not quite there yet. But it's definitely an area that we could use some improvement. And so Owen, if our listeners want to find out more about you and your company, where can they go? Company website is www.znecapital.com. My email address is owen at znecapital.com and LinkedIn, Instagram, the usual social media. But yeah, always happy to connect with people, talk more about solar impact investing. I think I think the space is just so ripe within real estate that we're not going to be the only player that does it. I think there's a lot of, like Evan Holiday is a great example. He's he's doing it focused really on impact investing specifically with affordable housing, so more that societal piece, but I think we just need more people involved. So happy to connect and talk about ideas and plans and things like that. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we can kind of see that the economy and everything that is kind of moving towards the solar energy space. So it's really great that you're paving the way for everyone and educating everybody about that. So thank you so much. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.